Welcome to On the Wet Coast, a podcast about sexuality and ethical non-monogamy of every variety. We talk polyamory and swinging, monogamish and open relationships, from dirty, dirty sex to heartbreak. We share our personal experiences and philosophy, observations and theories, what works for us, and where we fucked it right up. Join us on the Wet Coast. It's no secret that on the Wet Coast, we love our sex toys. Using those toys for strap-on sex is one of our favorite ways to engage with partners or watch our partners engage with others. Though in some ways it is as simple as popping a dildo into a harness and getting to work, strap-on sex tends to be a bit more nuanced than we expect when starting out. Finding the right equipment, the right harness and dildo combinations can be more challenging than we expect, especially since what is right for one partner or act isn't always so right for another. And positioning yourself as the thruster as well as finding the right position for your receiver can be incredibly awkward, especially at first. I'm Kat Stark, and on this episode of On the Wet Coast, Flick Morrison and I are discussing strapping it on. We've got lots of tips and suggestions to help you get up and thrusting and feeling like the sexual rock stars that you are. So one of the things that's always... um... Uh, that that often comes up around strap-on sex is what does the giver get out of it, you know? Mm. And often if, you know, if there's like a a scene or a photograph where like someone is like stroking or giving head to a strap-on, it's like, well, there's no nerves in that. So what are they, you know, what are they actually getting out of it? Yeah. Which is, you know, which is funny because having given blowjobs to strap-ons many times, they the the person on the receiving end gets a lot out of it. So the the person wearing a strap on, it there's it's it's not just them servicing. They they really get something out of it. Yeah, I can say as someone who has received strap on blowjobs that it is super hot for me. And I know quite a number of other people who have have felt that exact same way. Um, and I have had orgasms from that um just because it is so ridiculously hot but yeah i've heard a lot of people talk about you know that no one would want to do that or <laughs> you know that like you know why would you give head to a strap on there's no sensory nerves and stuff like that but but no it it is it is super hot if you're into it and i think i think it really depends on whether you're doing it because you're into it or you're doing it because you feel obligated to do it for someone well that's a, that's a lot of stuff with sex and so much so much of sex because it's so psychological it yeah. makes sense that you know even though you don't have nerves you would still project sexual pleasure into the the prosthetic that you're wearing yeah and even sort of the like the discordance of the fact that they are giving head to something like made of silicone and possibly covered in a condom and and all this kind of stuff like it's hot it's the transgression is mm-hmm. is really hot of it as well and someone being a bit submissive to you in a way that i don't know yeah it's i i like it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I also like get a lot out of fucking someone with a strap on whether it's whether it's necessarily like my own physical pleasure and we will talk about that a little later on that there are some options to you know if you are looking for like specific physical you know, sensation while you are the giver, but, you know, psychologically it's hot. Um, like physically, I, you know, pounding your pelvis against someone else's pelvis <laughs> is really pleasant. And, and again, I've, I've had orgasms from fucking people because it's, 
like it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not the only you're not the only person who's had an orgasm from from uh, strapping on that that I've that I've uh, had sex with. So yeah, it's it's definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I might be wrong, but I think maybe the first time that you had an orgasm, a spontaneous orgasm, wearing a strap on, was when you were the the caboose in a lucky Pierre where I was fucking Iris and mm. you were fucking me with a strap on and you had a spontaneous orgasm. And I think it might've been the first one you had with a strap on. That could be. <laughs> Did you just go somewhere else all of a sudden? What? <laughs> I might, I might need a minute. Cat is floating away. Yeah. I, I liked that. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, so yeah. And, you know, and even if you're not like a person that, that, that gets that sort of intensity from it, like giving someone pleasure is pleasurable. Yes. Like it's why give someone oral sex, why, you know, give someone a hand job or like, you know, finger them or whatever. Like it's, it's giving, different. Yeah. Giving pleasure is pleasure. Yeah. Um, and if you're into that, it's yeah. Super hot. Yeah, it's, you know, the, the obvious reasons are, you know, because um, you want to penetrate someone and you don't have a biopenis and you um, you want a different experience than penetrating with fingers, whether it's, you know, deeper. And, and like you said, that that thrusting experience and, you know, and similarly it for, you know, when when someone when your partner wants wants to get get uh, penetrated, you know, yeah. it's it's a it's a way of you know, fulfilling, you know, both the, the sensation or, and, or the, uh, you know, the sort of the psychological elements we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they can also be great for people who want to, you know, they might have a biopenis, but want a different experience. There are, uh, harnesses out there that allow for DP. So you can have, um, the biopenis coming out of part of the harness and, and have a dildo attached as well so that a single person can do um, a DP. And um, there are sometimes where someone with a biopenis, you know, isn't able to achieve an erection for fucking someone or they, you know, that's just not what works for them. And yeah, it allows them, like there are some harnesses that allow someone to like tuck their penis into a pouch and use a dildo um, so that they can fuck someone you know, maybe with a different size or maybe if their erections aren't consistent or, you know, dysphoria kind of things are, might be at play. It just, it gives people some other options. Now, some of the, some of the um, obvious reasons would be power exchange, but it's not necessarily so. What's interesting is that we, you know, we tend to associate power exchange with uh, strap on sex. Um, but, um, you know, because you know, penetrating isn't inherently dominant, dominant and being mm-hmm. penetrated is not inherently submissive. So those power dynamics aren't an inherent part of strap on sex, even though for, for many people that might be a lot of a lot of the appeal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing I think about sort of with the power is I remember the first time that I that I put on a harness and a cock, just like I felt really powerful. Yeah. And not necessarily in a dominant way, but like I found I walked differently the way I, you know, I sort of walked hips forward and, you know, just in this, it just really, 
it felt like just really strong and very powerful and and was really cool. Um yeah, people often seem to get really giddy the first time yeah. they put on a cock. Yeah. Especially if they that, you know, like catching yourself in the mirror or something and you're standing there stroking it just being like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting and you know, in in a similar way, um uh strap on sex can be a way to uh to do some gender fuckery. Yes. Um but you know, but again, you know, because, um, you know, uh, fucking with a cock is not inherently masculine and yeah. being fucked is not inherently feminine. That is not necessarily part of it. I, you know, for me, uh, you know, I, I, I love getting fucked with a strap on, but, um, you know, I, I'm not interested in, you know, in, uh, in sort of, you know, sissy play mm-hmm. or, um, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very rarely submissive, you know, so even when the, you know, for, for me, um, strap on play is often, um, you know, I, I tend to do it from, uh, you know, from position of dominance, Mm -hmm. um, or at least equality and, you know, but, um, but even so there's still that element of like giving, giving control over to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And it's vulnerable. Being penetrated is vulnerable. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, part of it. But yeah, like you can being new to like wielding a strap on, you can have some insecurities. It's oh, that's it's a for, completely that's, different sensation than than other stuff you might have done. Previous. Yeah, you've had many people like talk to you about like you know wanting lessons in it because yeah. you know they were they were you know so uh, so nervous about you know about being bad at it mm-hmm. and you know and and being being awkward, um, you know, as if you know being awkward is like, you know, unsexy or something. Yeah. Um, and, and in fact, I remember, uh, you know, a friend of ours was invited to, to a lady bang at desire and she didn't want to go because she didn't have, she had almost no experience in wearing a strap on. Yeah. And she felt very self-conscious about that. And this is someone who was so fucking super confident all yeah. the time. Very like, you know, uh confident and you know, super hot and slutty all the time. And so for for her to have like, you know, so much insecurity about this that she didn't want to go. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um and and I have loved when I've been able to, you know, give lessons to people. It's lessons generally involves them like <laughs> fucking you with a strap on. With a strap on which... <laughs> You know, it's it's a tough life. Um, You've also recorded videos of your your little squats for people before. That's true. Yeah, and we can talk more about that again uh, a little later. But, but yeah, it it can be you know some insecurity and and as I say with a lot of things, and we'll say it a few more times in this episode, like it's going to be awkward, mm-hmm. especially when you're figuring out how to do it. Anytime you do something new, you're not going to know how to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what? Uh, so yeah, like you know, embrace that that you're you're probably not going to be very good at it in the beginning, but that's okay. Like you know, play with a partner that is okay with that, and and work together, and and just don't take it so seriously because yeah, it's it can be a lot of fun, but it's it's not going to come naturally in the beginning. So Marsha Baczynski, uh, she uh, in you know in in some of her courses, she she talks about how sex should often be about trying rather than doing. Yeah. Right? Because when you try, you succeed regardless of the outcome. You know, when you when you're going to do something, it's like, well, 
we don't quite get there or if it's awkward or we're not, you know, amazing and intuitive at it, then, you know, then it feels like a failure. It's like, you know, hey, let's try this. Then, you know, uh, it can be fun. You can you can laugh about it and it can you can you can be awkward without it actually failing. Yeah. And a word that's come up a lot of the times sort of regarding sex and even like in my therapy session the other day, sort of regarding like, you know, figuring out shit in your life is curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, so being curious about it and going into it with that feeling of curiosity, like, how is it going to feel if I do this? Like, how about this position? Like, so having that, like that, just that curiosity and, and, and wonder about it rather than the like goal oriented thing that so many of us, myself included, can get hooked into when it comes to sexual things. That's really interesting. And, and it's a, it's a good way to kind of transform the unknown, right? Because yeah. fear and curiosity are both approaches to the unknown. Yeah. And so if you focus on the curiosity, it can sort of switch off the, the fear. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. I feel like uh, I feel like I need. There's a catchphrase in there somewhere, but I haven't come up with the pithy one yet. Okay, well, you'll work on yeah, it. Yeah, I'll, I'll workshop it. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's a lot of different variables when it comes to strap-on sex, and it'll probably take some experimentation um, and you know finessing things, trying stuff, um, you know, having things work or not work, and adjusting as you go to figure out what's going to be best for you uh, as far as strap-on sex goes. Um, But one of the key components is the harness. Right. That's the strap in the strapping on. Yes. (laughs) Um, And there are so many different kinds of harnesses. Um, And we'll we'll sort of go through them here. Um, You you might see like the sort of the typical, you know, one when most of us think of a strap-on harness is the leather one with a lot of straps. Yeah. Um, straps and buckles. And buckles and, and, and the this sort of, yeah, the visual that we get for it. And and those are amazing strap-ons, but they're, uh, you know, they're not always the, the harness of choice. Um, and one of the things with, like, any harness is whether it is a, like, has a pass-through or it doesn't. Okay. So what we mean by that is some harnesses have like an O-ring that goes like front to back. And it means that if you are using um, a, a like a double-ended sort of strapless strap on, you can actually have it inside you pass through the harness O-ring and go out to the receiver. Okay. Um, whereas other harnesses have um, a solid backing behind the O-ring. Right. So that means the base of the dildo is going to rest against that solid piece rather than perhaps against your pubic bone or um, or whatever. Um, and so those ones are not possible to use with something like the, you know, the fieldo or like those kind of pass through, quote unquote, strapless strap-ons. My, you know, my my impression is that if you're, if you're not passing through, um, then then having a solid back would would make it more stable. Yeah. And some things, you know, have, you know, a bit of fabric or whatever that parts or, you know, right. so there's there's a few different options, but that's sort of one of the the first questions to ask is like, are you going to want to use it in this way? Um, and if so, you might want to get one that doesn't have the solid back on it. Got it. Um, and uh, some have a little a little pocket to put a bullet vibe in. That's, yes, that's a you know another thing, but that's more of a feature than a style. Yeah, 
Um, and the other thing that comes up uh, initially is with the ones with the particularly strappy harnesses is whether it's a like a single strap that's a bit more like a g-string kind of coming up the back or whether it's a dual strap that sort of goes around each thigh and hip and those are going to fit differently and you know yeah different people are gonna are gonna find um you know comfort or discomfort with with each style but um a lot of the time the ones with the dual sort of leg straps are going to be a bit more stable right um but the other sort of more g-string kind of thing is often just going to be less expensive because there's less materials. There's less material, yeah. Um, you know, and, and whether or not, um, you know, which which style is more comfortable for you is, is really just going to be an individual thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you are able to try them on, um, you know, at your local, you know, brick-and-mortar feminist-owned uh, sex toy store, then that's great, but that's not always an option. Or if you know slutty friends that you can try theirs on that. Well, that's, also that's one harness. of the great things about, you know, non-monogamy and sluttiness in general is that, you know, often you can, you can, you can see their toys, you can try on their, their harnesses and get a sense of what's, what you like best. Yeah. So yeah, be a slut. Do you, want. <laughs> you know, and you can also like if they're if you are follow people online who you know have a similar body to yours right and they use that kind of um you know using harnesses and that sort of thing you might you know want to sort of look at what they have or or ask them for recommendations for what fits them if or photos or fo- <laughs> <laughs> hashtag always fervin <laughs> Um, so the, the the really strappy styles often uh, come in in leather or like a, a vinyl vegan leather kind of option, right? And uh, yeah, they're they're usually super sexy. Oh, they're 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 really hot, and and there's this, yeah, you know, and and some of them can be very elaborately styled. Um, Iris got you the one that has like the sort of spiderweb pattern on mm-hmm. it in black leather with red red um, uh, accents and stuff. Um, yeah, they, they are, um, they're definitely one of the sexier styles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of the companies like Aslan Leather makes these incredible ones with sort of corset lacing up the back. Right. And like there's, there's a lot of options from a very basic, you know, just a few leather straps, a flat piece in the front with, with a hole cut in like that kind of. Or like something really, really elaborate. So um, you know, you have a lot of options there. Well, and they often tend to be um, very adjustable because yes. they've got so many sort of different little, you know, straps and and buckles and stuff. Um, I don't know what it's called where you got the two D rings that you run a strap through, but that's mm. but that's that's the way a lot of them adru- adjust the various straps. Yeah. And, and, you know, that adjustability can be fantastic, but it also means that they often take time, um, you know, both to get into and to adjust because you sort of put it on and you're like, oh, this is in the right place. And then you start moving and it's like, oh, yeah, no, actually, I got to change this. And then you shift a bit more and oh, no, that's not working now. And so they they can take a lot of finessing. And I find personally they're a bit too fussy for me. even though I I love the way they look and and love watching other people wearing them and that sort of thing, um, I don't tend to use them very often because 
I'm just such a practical, like, ah, let's just get her Let's done. just get to fucking. <laughs> um, kind of person. Um, so that is the big drawback with them for me. Um, and the other thing is the maintenance, especially if you've got proper leather, um, you do need to maintain it. Right. Um, because they're, you know. Very they're, porous. They're, it's very porous. There are fluids. Um, and you do have to do um, quite a bit of maintenance to to keep them looking as beautiful as you, you know, as they start out. Well, even even without the lubes and body fluids, you know, leather also dries out over time. Yes, yeah. So it needs to be it needs to be maintained. Uh, and some of these kinds of harnesses have adjustable O-rings, so you can have like that's the the ring that holds the base of the dildo in place. Um, some of them have some snaps and buckles so that you can put a different size O-ring in depending on the size of the penis you want to fuck someone with. Um, and some don't. Some of them just have a have a hole cut in them. Um, so it's going to be less uh, adjustable, but often they sort of have a basic, like, this will probably fit most of the dildos you're going to use. Um, unless you, you're someone who is uh, fucking size royalty. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's there's sort of a few options there. And some of them have silicone O-rings that are a little stretchier, and others have the option of like metal O-rings that are just much more solid and structured. Yeah, some have uh, plastic O-rings. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, that's, pretty, that's actually pretty common. Um, and the some, the, sometimes the O-ring... Uh, if it's silicon, can be uh, kind of too flexible. Mm. It, like, and if it's if it's too flexible, and the flange on the dildo is not wide enough, yeah, it it'll pop out. Yes, yeah. So that's when you yeah you often need to go down a size in the O ring to get it to yeah, go to down fit. a size. Yeah, um, go, go O ring shopping. Yeah. Um, so as we mentioned, you know, Aslan leather makes beautiful stuff, both in. Um, you know, real leather, um, cow leather, I guess, and in vegan options as well, if you don't want uh, the the other leather. Um, Tantus makes the one that, that Flick spoke about with the spiderweb. Um, and I know that there are tons of other companies around, but we love... We love Aslan and they're a Canadian company, so yay. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you, if you do some research, you'll, you'll find some options. Now, a uh, common alternative um, is is like uh, nylon straps. Yes, and uh, and a lot of like starter harnesses will be you know some some kind of uh, nylon, often with you know like Velcro, um, Velcro uh, uh, straps instead of buckles and stuff. And you know if you're not really sure what to get, it can be a good start because they're they're less likely to break the bank. Yeah. Because that is the other drawback about the the leather ones we were just talking about is they're often expensive. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know that this is something that you really like doing and are going to do a lot, you know, investing in a beautiful piece, it you know, you might have wasted a decent chunk of money yeah. um, to get it. So yeah, a lot of people start out with the with the nylon strap ones. They're they're inexpensive. You know, you can like fold it up, jam it in a bag. Um, right. They don't take up a lot of space. They're probably not going to set off TSA. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the, they have a lot of things going for them, but they're just also not always as stable or as durable or as durable. Um, and so like experiences that I've had with, with people using them is, is yeah, it's often the dildo just doesn't 
quite stay in place the same way as it does, you know, when it's really anchored down in something else. Um, but, you know, that doesn't always matter all that yeah. much. <laughs> um, and there is um, a seller who makes these beautiful inclusion harnesses that are, that are rainbow and, um, and proceeds from these go to support uh, sex education in Ontario uh, where the person lives and and they're really awesome and we'll put a link to to that um but they're so they're a, a fairly inexpensive option in the in the strappy um like nylon straps but they're like awesome rainbow yeah and for you know for non-canadians uh the reason why this is relevant is because the conservative government of ontario has rolled back um sex education uh 30 years so there's uh, there's a lot of need for alternative vectors of sex education for Ontarian youth. Mm-hmm. So another option, you know, a little bit like that, but but stepping up are fabric ones like the spare parts. So they make the jock harness, um, which is the French J O Q U E um, version of jock, and they're they have a fabric pouch. They've got a, a settled o-ring that that is really that's quite stable um and they've got really nice thick straps that go around the hips um with like solid velcro so that you can really adjust it quite well and and it's much easier to to adjust than than some of the others that you're fussing with d-rings and and or loops and buckles and and stuff like that so it can be a great one um for people looking for something that's that's kind of a, a step up from the vinyl, but not all the way to full leather. Yeah, these these are actually popular, and, and some people who have them really love their their jock uh, strap-ons, mm-hmm. and they you know they got kind of a, a beautiful sort of satin looking finish, yeah. and they come in different colors, um, and yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty sexy design. Yeah. And I think the the usual colors you get them in are like black and purple. Um, I have one in white because that was what was available. Um, and I always feel kind of like I'm part of the rebellion in Star Wars when I'm wearing it. <laughs> um, it's your it's your Princess Leia strap on. No, like more like like I'm in a fighter. Um, like I'm an X wing fighter. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, the the spare parts logo just looks a little bit like, like the the the. Uh, the Rebel Alliance logo. Yeah, and I don't know. There's there's just a place I go when I wear it. So, um, <laughs> uh, and as we said, you know, Spare Parts is also the company that makes the the harnesses that allow for the double penetration or or tucking away uh, a bio penis. And so, like, it's a company that that does some really cool stuff. Uh, what's what's become really popular in recent years is the underwear style. Yeah, where. You know, it's it's just a you know a uh, a fitted pair of uh, briefs or panties that um, that has the you know the the O ring built right in. Yeah, and this is my favorite style. <laughs> um, I yeah, I I really love um, the ones that that I have that I, you know I can just pull on and off so quickly and easily, and I know that they fit me, and yeah, I'm not having to fuss with with straps. Um, you know, I can then just chuck them in the washing machine afterward. Um, they don't take a lot of maintenance. Uh, you know, drawbacks with that is again, there's there's not an adjustable O-ring. Right. So, um, it has the one size that's gonna that I've found accommodates most 
dildos that I've used, but I have had some that don't fit in right. that O-ring. Um, and they make a couple different, like Rodeo, who is the brand that I have several pairs from, they make a couple different O-ring sizes mm-hmm. so that you can choose one with a larger O-ring if you're likely to be using right. larger dildos. They, uh, they've got so many, there's so many different styles of this now where, um, you know, some of them are, you know, are very sporty, you know, kind of, uh, you know, um, and, and others, uh, you know, very lacy, uh, and they've got, uh, backless ones in various styles, both in the sporty style and in the, the lacy style. So that, you know, if you do want to be a lucky Pierre, um, (laughs) you've, you've got easier access. Yes. Uh, so I, I think they also have some that are that are very much like sort of jockstrap style. Yeah, and, and that's J O C K as opposed to the the French version. Yes. Um, and, not Jacques style. Not Jacques style. Um, yeah. So they they depending on on how you identify or how you feel or if you bounce around that spectrum. Um, you know, I have a few pairs because it's like, I never know whether I'm going to be feeling like more lacy or more like kind of butch and sporty. Um, and so you have like quite a few options there. Um, and a number of companies have gotten better about making these in plus sizes because that was one of the big criticisms and, and legitimately right. so yeah. is you couldn't always get these in various sizes. And uh, Blush, who, who make the Temptasia, which is a newer one, uh, are really good about their sizing. And I think Rodeo has come a long way with adding some different sizing to theirs. Um, so yeah, that can be one of the big drawbacks of these is you're not always going to be able to find your size. Yeah, I think that um, I think that originally Rodeo was quite positioned as something that was, you know, that, w- that was sort of missing in the in the harness market, which was something that was a little more butch, that was yeah. a little more sporty. And so most of their designs were were around that, and I think their styles also reflected, you know, um, the the sort of like aesthetic ideal around that. Yeah. And um, but you know, just as they've expanded into uh, you know more more styles and expressions, they've also expanded their their sizes to be more inclusive as well. Mm-hmm. And spare parts, who we've talked about several times already, <laughs> um, they make a couple different uh, ones. They make a tomboy. Um, that's a fairly sporty looking one. They make a Sasha one that has uh, ribbons that you can pull so it can ruche up on the side. They also <laughs> have um, adjustable like suspender, um, like garter belt kind of straps. Right. So that you can like you can take those on or off. And so you could wear them with stockings for like a really sexy combo if if that's the look you're going for. Um, and yeah, I was lucky enough to uh, get to spend some time with someone who, who, had, <laughs> who had that Sasha one and it was beautiful. And, you know, she was a lovely curvy person. Um, so, you know, their sizing is, is pretty good with the, with the variety, but yeah, th- those are beautiful, but they ain't cheap. Um, right. That those ones are the tomboy and the Sasha are definitely investment pieces mm. um whereas like the blush is is quite reasonable and and many of the rodeos are are a little more on the uh affordable end of things at first an open marriage seems like the greatest thing in the world to natalie and sean adding a bunch of new hot people to their already excellent sex life 
what could be better? Then they meet Beth, a queer single mom with a lesbian partner, and things become complicated. After some fun dating as a threesome, Beth and Sean fall in love, and Natalie feels pushed to the side by both her former lover and her husband. As Sean and Beth begin celebrating new milestones and plan their first trip together as a couple, Natalie is thrown for a loop and longs for a time that being open felt sexy and fun. Natalie starts seeking that fun for herself and, after many naughty adventures and a few false starts, finds her own unexpected love. Join Natalie, Sean, and Beth in a funny, sexy, surprising story as they navigate the challenges of deciding that when it comes to the amount of love in their lives, they choose more. Get Cat Stark's new novel, Waking Up Polyamorous, in ebook or paperback at your favorite online retailer. Hey, lovies, this is Dirty Lola, host and creator of the Sex at a Go Go podcast. Sex at a Go Go is a live comedy show, sex ed QA and go-go review that takes place once a month in New York in the back room of a tiki bar. But what happens if you can't make it to New York in the back room of a tiki bar? That's why you listen to the podcast. That's right. It's a live show. I'm being funny. I'm going to teach you some things. You're not even going to know you're learning. So join me here on swingset.fm or the Swingset app for Android or on sexatagogo.com and check us out. You won't regret it. Now, um, some some dildos are labeled as uh, strapless, um, which a lot of people have used it really quibble with the term because yeah. you um, they you know they they fit inside, so um, they work as a dildo. Um, but the the idea is that you wouldn't need a strap; they just you just hold onto it with your kegels. Yeah. In in practice, this this doesn't seem to be particularly true. They they won't stay in place, um, and so that's why you talked about pass through, where you will often use an internal and pass it through the the strap on to keep it in place. Yeah, the idea of these strapless strap ons, I I have not had success with them. Like you can hold it in, like while you're thinking about it, <laughs> um, but, but you can't really let go. Like you can't. Well, yeah, just... like when you're having sex you're often you know focusing on many different things and if all that like all you can do is just keep those kegels clenched as tight as possible to hold this thing inside you yeah you're you're either not sort of focusing on anything else or the second you stop thinking about it it just falls out well you know even just thinking about what it's like to have your fingers inside somebody it changes constantly, yes. you know, as the sort of arousal levels shift and, you know, and, you know, different sensations cause different responses. It's hard to imagine something staying in place at all if, you know, if um, just because of, of how dramatically stuff moves around in there. Yeah. And and they've got come up with a number of different variations on it. I think the original one of these was the field dough, and it had a pretty straight up and down kind of yes. insertion piece. Um, newer ones have a lot more of a forward curve in them, which gives them sort of more G-spot stim and also helps and sort of hook inside you right. um, in a way that, that really works for some people. Um, and... There is one, um, I believe it's called 
enjoy us as opposed to enjoy that makes them metal. <laughs> so um, enjoy us. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they have a a large um, sort of hard plastic insertable piece, and then optional pop on dildo things. So you've got a few different you know changes depending what you want to be using, um, and they work with a number of the other brands of of toys that have that sort of you know, interchangeable, you can pop it on or off thing. And and we know someone who loves that and she has no problem keeping that inside yeah, I've, her. I've heard that it um, works really well. And if, if you looked at it, it would make sense because it's, yeah. it's got a, you know, a, um, a very big sort of, you know, uh, bulb on it almost looks like kind of an alien brain or something. Yeah. Um, the way it's, you know, and it's because it's, it's contoured to really fill the space yeah. in, in there. And so it stays in place really, really well from, from what I've heard from the people who, who like it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an awesome option, you know, if that's what you're looking for. And, you know, for some people like that can feel more like, you know, you have a, a bio penis yeah. because it's, you know, it's this piece and it's just coming out of you as opposed to having this extra, you know, harness equipment kind of in, in place. Again, the drawback of these is that they're expensive. Right. And if it's not going to work for you. It's, it's, a, it's, it, a, it's an expensive experiment. Yeah. And I can't convince them to send me one um, <laughs> so I can try it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's not one of, the, one of the cheaper options. So um, you have to know you're investing in something if you, if you want to try the Enjoy Us. Now, one of the uh, complaints that you have had about strap-on sex um, in the past is that it has really slammed the hell out of your pubic bone, where you've been bruised and sore, very similar to that time you rode a mechanical bull. <laughs> I'd forgotten about the mechanical bull, just <laughs> bashing the shit oh, out yeah, of my poor it. pubic bone. Yeah. That was awful. I ended up like... Yeah, I was. You just, threw yourself off the ball eventually. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm done with this because I both basically was using all my strength to push myself away from the pommel. <laughs> like that, that was the entirety of my experience on that was trying to keep my pubic bone away from that pommel. But anyway, we're we're digressing a bit. Um, but yeah, if like I have a prominent pubic bone, and I've known, like I've talked to a couple other people who have this issue, and um, I was talking to someone recently, and we we bonded over it. it was quite delightful. Um, and and not everyone has this issue, um, but I tend to use uh, something to protect my pubic bone right. because. You know, especially with the flat base of a dildo, it's banging against you <laughs> as you bang against somebody else. And the benefit of the, you know, strapless strap-ons, even if you're using it like with a harness, is it's inside you and it's not doing that. Right. Um, so that is one of the things I've really liked about those. Um, but yeah, to get a lot more variety, you you often have a, a base of a dildo and some of them have a thicker silicone um base to it that gives a bit more padding right um a little bit of shock absorption but there are a few different things that you can use to help give extra padding and i just usually shove one of these in behind the base of the dildo just to protect my pubic bone um so aslan leather uh that we were talking about earlier makes one called the driver pad and it's basically foam covered in fabric um that is just a little bit of a a barrier to uh, to give you some extra 
shock absorption and padding, easy to chuck in the machine. Um, it's like a teeny tiny knee pad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, there's also a, a piece of, of silicone that's a toy called the Silly Saddle uh, that is like can be used in in many different ways but i use it as as jamming it in behind to protect right, the you, pubic you, bone yeah use use it as as padding uh i think that it was originally designed for stimulation right where yeah. you would actually uh it's it's sort of you know contoured a bit to, to sort of you know uh fit fit down the vulva yeah and you would loop it up so that you would actually get some some extra stimulation while you were while you're uh fucking somebody else um yeah but you know, you 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 use it as as padding and protection. Yeah, and some people use it as um, a barrier if they find uh, wands too intense. Oh, to diffuse um, the wand. So it diffuses the wand a little bit against uh, against their vulva. Um, so it's it, it's multifunctional. <laughs> um, we love the multifunctional toys. Um, and Rodeo also uh, makes a neoprene pad that you can put in behind. Um, Again, works it works quite well, um, and it has um, a, a smaller uh, sort of O-ring hole cut in it. Like it's just a hole cut in the neoprene, but it means that if you've got a a dildo with a smaller base, it uh, oh it can, can work for right that it can well. it can be an an adapter yeah. to a smaller to to a larger O-ring. Yeah. So clever. Yeah. So there's a few different options if you happen to to have the the issue and and some people like they feel it a little bit um it's like oh yeah that's kind of uncomfortable but other people myself included you know every time you go to zip up jeans for like three or four days you're like oh um (laughs) (laughs) so um here's a question does the does the stability of the harness make a difference for how much you get pounded like it seems like the more it's in place, the less it would it would uh, beat up your your pelvis. No, it's just it makes a, no difference. It, okay. It's entirely about like mechanical forces against, Got it. against a solid piece of bone. Um, so yeah, it's just pelvic shape is just one of those things. And as we talked about in the beginning, there are some things that you can use with harnesses that help give a bit more like specific physical pleasure to the giver. Aslan Leather makes this cuff that you can put around the straps of the harness that pass through between your legs so that you can actually put a dildo in it and oh, and have right. that inside you yeah. while you use a different dildo on somebody else. Um, so that can be a really nice way if, you, if you're looking for... And so every time you're thrusting and moving, you're getting that stimulation of the internal piece, um, which can be quite lovely. Now, there's, there's also um, harnesses that don't go around your hips. Yes. There's, you, there's thigh harnesses, which um, we've, we've used before um, so that, you know, uh, one person can actually um, have penetrative sex with two people at once. Uh, and then there are, there are also boot and face harnesses, which are, you know, typically used in like BDSM um, mm-hmm. as, you know, sort of a, a, a particularly um, uh, submissive or humiliating way. Someone fucking your foot is, you know, um, obviously has, you know, a certain amount of energy to it, as well as, you know, uh, having a cock on somebody's face that you're riding. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw like a really hot scene with a really butch daddy and their little girl partner at not, an actual little girl, um, 
an adult person role-playing little girl um at a at a kink event and oh that was really hot <laughs> yeah that boot harness that was i it, i didn't it was like you didn't one know of, it was a thing absolutely one of those old this is how you get kinks. <laughs> now um one of the uh one of the popular strap on activities is um you know is anal sex which is which is great because everyone has a butt um <laughs> and uh people people often talk about pegging which is you know uh coined by um Dan Savage's uh, Savage Love Readers many years ago at, when he was looking for a term for women fucking men with a strap on and you know at at the time it was it was something that was it was actually fairly taboo mm-hmm. and um you know and and i think that you know even in you know we didn't call it then but what would what we would consider sort of sex positive spaces even then i think there was a lot of aversion to it because of the you know the role reversal of it you know um men being you know much more wary of you know of of butt stuff in general or at least you know publicly yeah. so and it was it was a term when we we first opened up that I found like so exciting because I remember hearing about it in those early days when when they sort of talked about the bend over boyfriend and and that kind of thing. And so I was just like I was really drawn to it and really exciting when when I did finally you know get to peg and and that sort of thing. And I've I've kind of steered myself away from it more recently of using that term because. It's it's strap on sex, like it's strap on anal sex, and the genders of the giver and receiver are kind of irrelevant. And- it's it's kind of it's kind of an odd thing that you know even in very inclusive and sex positive spaces, it's kind of the one term that is very very specifically related to the gender of the of the participants. Yeah, uh, you know which. Which makes it very peculiar, and um, and but we are starting to see a shift away from that, yeah. where people are using it more broadly for uh, anal sex with a strap on. Yeah, um, you know, which which I think make makes sense because yeah. uh, you know the the uh, the gender of the participants um, is kind of a, irrelevant. We're talking about you know sort of the physical mechanics and the you know the necessary accoutrement. Yeah, and I I think you know the way that we've traditionally thought of it, like it it's it's a straight sex act. Um, <laughs> yes, it, that's that's the traditional way. But you know, it's it's also has been been weird for me to think, you know, oh well, I'm I'm uh, I'm being fucked by a, a a non-binary partner. Is this still pegging? Yes, because it's traditionally like you know a a woman pegging a man, and so yeah, yeah. So I I think that I think that you know. Uh, uh, loosening up to be to me, uh, you know, broader, and you know, and also I think that a lot of the, you know, a lot of the the taboo and shame around anal sex, um, had you know, it's really vanished over the last twenty years. Yeah, right. Like it is, uh, you know, it still has a lot of that that uh, that charge, but it's um, it's really quite mainstream, and even even uh, pegging is in mainstream where it's you know it's it's mentioned in in uh, television and mm-hmm. um you know and and a lot of it, when people talk about uh sexual fantasies this is something that a lot of people are very comfortable talking about both you know giving or receiving mm-hmm. so a lot of the a lot of the shame and stigma 
around, you know, um, anal sex in general, but particular men as, as, uh, you know, anal sex bottoms is, you know, a lot of that stigma is just kind of, uh, evaporated. Yeah. And even in the really sort of what I expect to be heteronormative swinging communities, um, it's a pretty common activity Yeah, and, um, and yeah, and a common fantasy and something people talk about openly as opposed to this, you know, like secret thing that they like to do. And yet you very rarely see pegging in, um, in group sex situations. It's not, it's, it's not that common. Yeah. And, um, but you know, I also probably, um, ass fucking is not that common in, yeah. in, uh, in group sex situations. Yeah. I was about, I was about to say, I don't think I've, you know, in, in the group sex I've had, anal hasn't been as much of a, of a thing. Yeah. Um, and so it, yeah, it depends who you're having group sex with. <laughs> <laughs> your mileage may vary. So dildos, they're the next Right, you got your strap, and then you got your on. The yeah. thing you strap on is the dildo. You strap it on the strap. I'm losing the plot. Yeah. So yeah, there there are endless variations of of dildos um, that you can use for strap on sex, and it and it depends whether you're you know getting one that you're thinking of for a specific partner who likes specific things, or if you're looking for something that will be sort of a a good all-rounder that you can use for, you know, for vaginas, for butts, for, you know, people who who like a lot of stim, for those who, you know, are more sizey, like, you know, so it can it, Well, you want you want that that Goldilocks cock yeah. so that you don't need to invest in a huge library of of dildos like we have. Yes. <laughs> Um, one of the, the key things I found, um, is that a longer dildo is better regardless of whether you're using it for anal or vaginal sex. When you don't have a biological cock, it, you don't have the proprioception. You don't have the, the little, uh, nerve endings in your body that tell you what is happening. Right. And so when you, you know, someone with a biological cock, like can feel themselves like pulling out or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but it's, it's trickier, especially in the beginning. But, you know, even overall, when you don't have that, that actual physical response in your body to, to what's happening. So I find that longer is better because you're less likely to come out as often. Right. Um, and it's not like that never happens when you're having sex with a biocog. Um, but it does mean less of the, like, you know, am I actually even in there? Um, kind of thing happening. Well, and, and also, um, floppier can be harder to control because, you know, like what will often happen with a very flexible dildo is it'll go in, uh, you know, an inch and a half, two inches. And then start to kind of bend. And then just bend. Yeah. And so there's not actually any internal motion. It's all just, you know, um, just springing on the outside. But at the same time, a dildo that is way too rigid is also difficult to control because it will only want to go in the one direction. And so it it will be less accommodating in following the person's uh, internal anatomy and um, and, you know, and, and it will often be a lot more uncomfortable, especially, you know, if the person is, you know, um, is a little smaller, you know, hasn't fully tented, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, and as we talked about the O-rings, like not all of the, the dildos are going to work in all of the harnesses. So, you know, matching up your dildo to your harness, or if you've got adjustable O-rings, you might have to get, you know, different sizes and that sort of thing to, to get, um, 
to get that to work. And yeah, it can be, there's a, a few, we can um, put some, some suggestions up on the show notes as to some sort of good, you know, all around options that, that can work for a lot of different situations. And um, yeah, because not all are going to work for everything. Yeah. And, uh, and I think you, I think it's also important to be honest with, uh, with your partner about, you know, how well that dildo is working for you. Yes. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of conditioned not to be, you know, critical of somebody's cock yeah. because it's their cock. But if they can put on a different cock, they, it, it's probably going to be something that's a lot less sensitive to them. Right. And yes. they're going to take less personally. It's like, it's like, oh, this is too rigid or, you know, the, the texture is, gives it too much drag or this, this bulb hits my cervix in the wrong way. Yeah. Like there are, there are just, there's so many variables that could make it, you know, and it, it doesn't mean it's, it's a bad dildo. It just means it, it's not great for you. And, you know, by the same token, if you've had an experience with a strap on, that wasn't great. Um, and concluded that you don't like strap on sex, it might just be that, that the dildo was not working for you and mm-hmm. that, a, that a, that a different device would, uh, you know, would take care of those problems. Yeah. And it can also be like really handy if you've changed position and you just like turn it around. Cause you're, cause <laughs> yeah, you're, you can point it a different way. Yeah. It's just like, Oh yeah. Now you're on your stomach. All right. Let me just like crank this around. So you're still getting the right G spot, <laughs> <laughs> um, which not something you could do with Biocon. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and and so sometimes people will, you know, um, even as the receiver, they'll have a preferred dildo, yes. right? So that rather than choosing one of yours, they'll they'll be like, could you use this one? Yeah, on me? yeah. Um, and and some uh, trans men might have a dildo that is their cock, right? And so you know, there is there are circumstances where you may come across someone that that you know really is their cock, and and it's not interchangeable and, um, you know, for them emotionally. Um, so, you know, that is sometimes the situation you could come up against. Right. Um, so being, you know, just really kind and, and understanding in those situations. Well, yeah. And just, just as understanding as you'd be with, with someone's bio penis yeah. where it's like, it's like, you know, this, this might not be my, my preferred, you know, um, size fit shape, but you know, uh, this is the one that's attached to you. And so yeah. we're going to, we're going to make it work. Yeah. And for anal sex, um, you know, you're often going to want, especially in the beginning, um, a, a slightly smaller, like, you know, less girthy uh, kind of dildo than you might want for vaginal sex. Uh, and again, like the length piece, like often people think, oh, you know, we're going to want something like small and short for anal. And that's just not the case. No, it's going to be um, uncomfortable. And it's, yeah, as you've experienced, like it, it tends to poke you unpleasantly. Um, you know, and, and, and even, even I would say that when it comes to a, to an, an anal dildo, don't go for the tiniest thing because, uh, because even, even girth wise, if it's too small, there's going to be more drag. It's going to be more pokey, you know, being, you know, uh, being a little more dilated is actually going to improve the experience because it's, it's going to, it's just going to slide better. Yeah. Um, and this is a, also a place where, like the the flexibility of the cock can come into play because you think, oh, you know, you want it to be really adjustable, but butts are resistant. Yes. Or you know, many butts. The butts I've encountered, <laughs> I'm sure there are butts that are less resistant, but um, 
the ones that I've encountered are are quite resistant, and it can be hard to get in yep. um, if the dildo is too flexible. So why don't we talk about positioning? Yeah, uh, that was the thing, especially when I was starting out. That was that was tricky because you know you haven't if you haven't been the giver before, you you just don't know how to get the the mechanism happening and figuring out where to place yourself and where to place your partner and and how to get things meeting up can be really tricky well and and this is this is an area that um that can can solve a lot of people's fears and insecurities about it right um if if someone's like oh you know i don't know if i'm gonna be able to to be on my knees i don't know if i'm gonna be able to rest i'm gonna i'm you know what am i gonna do um just um having having the the person wearing the cock um, you know, lie down on their back and, and, you know, and just, and riding them, it takes, it'll take a lot of the pressure off them. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and so they can, they can experience it, um, you know, uh, but in those situations, uh, you know, some pillows and, you know, and some, some specific um, uh, adjustments will make a big difference as well. But, you know, putting, putting a pillow under their hips to help, um, help with penetration, you know, and uh, like, um, when when you have a bio penis, the fact that you you can tell if you're in and how far yeah. you're in means that you can do it in a lot of awkward positions that it it, it would be a lot less practical with a strap on cock, mm-hmm. right? And so with a strap on cock, you know, making sure that your um you know that sort of everything is is kind of, you know lined up and as prominent as possible. Is going to make a big difference to the practicality in in ways that are, that are often otherwise n- don't seem as important. Yeah, and and something that I've really come across is like size differences, yes, height <laughs> differences. You know, I have I've had sex with people who are six foot two. Um, I've had sex with people who are five foot two. Um, you know, it's really going to change your positioning and and how and how you're going to frame yourselves. Uh, you know. One of the times that I learned the lesson the worst about the pounding of my pubic bone was having sex with someone who was about four inches taller than me, and she was on her knees, um, and, you know, it was super hot, but, like, she wasn't sort of able to comfortably sustain having her legs far enough apart <laughs> on her knees to have her pelvis and my pelvis match up right. properly. Right, yeah. And so we sort of quickly discovered that that wasn't a position that the two of us could do. Because of the way that, like, we just it just couldn't quite <laughs> reach, really. Um, and so, you know, depending on you know your your height and and your partner's height, you're sometimes going to have to really change things up as far as you know which positions are possible or how many different pillows or wedges or whatever you might need to make it happen. Yeah, and you know, and and this is this might be a time to embrace the awkwardness, right? Yeah. And you know, and and the kind of figuring it out phase. You know, it might not feel quite as as sexy as you are fantasizing about. But once you get it right, then you can you can find that sexy groove, and then you know those um, those gears are going to start turning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and laughing about it, and and having fun. Like sex is meant to be fun. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's like it's silly and it's ridiculous the things that you're doing together. Like, come on, it's absurd, but it's amazing. And so embracing that that absurdity and that awkwardness and and the weight I've got to scooch my knees over here and you know, can you shift your leg a bit more like that 
like just having that be part of the fun like it makes it this thing that you're like sort of creating together and it's yeah it it can change something that is that is awkward and like oh I don't know how to do this into like hey let's figure this out together and leverage is the thing like <laughs> it's like trying to get leverage in different positions is is something I had not thought about um <laughs> and you know whether you're like in you know you're on your knees you're in missionary you've got somebody bent over something like all these different ways like to get the leverage for the thrust, you know, is is a piece of the puzzle. And I've also noticed that on on a number of the like waterproof blankets that we use, they slide. Yes. And so your knees are sliding away and I find like I have to keep scooting back up the bed. <laughs> and then like, you know, you start to the more you thrust, the more you're sort of pushing away and then you scoot back up the bed. Well, like, yeah, cuz like each bounce kind of like, you know, widens the the gap between you. Yeah, yeah, and just the like the fabric just starts sliding and your knees go and yeah. So, to just you know, you just figure out these things and and go with it. It uh, can be a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's um, it's it's a different it's a different set of muscles yeah. that you're using than for for any other set. It's um, you know the uh, sort of the the strain on the the back and the abdominals and your and your glutes is um, pretty unique. And there are these tiny little muscles in your inner thigh and groin. <laughs> That if you have never been the thruster before, like even like I sort of thought, well, I would thrust my hips when when receiving. It's uh, not the sex. same. It's not the same. And there's these tiny little muscles that you have never used. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you 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 learn those muscles very quickly. Um, so yeah, like it 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 can take a lot of stamina. It's a lot of cardio. Um, <laughs> And, um, but yeah, you sort of have to figure out, you know, how to, how to use those muscles effectively and, you know, might need a bit of a training regimen <laughs> to strengthen some of them. Maybe you should draw a little diagram of your little, your little resting squats. I can't draw. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I can't even draw stick figures. I think it'd be hilarious to see what you tried to draw. <laughs> Well, maybe I will try it, and and if if it works out, I'll post it on the website. It's going to be awkward, remember? Yes, (laughs) it will be. I promise you. Thank you for joining us. My brand new novel, Waking Up Polyamorous, is now available on paperback and ebook. Get it today from your favorite online book retailer. My sexy memoir, Yelling and Pasties, The Wet Coast Confessions of an Anxious Slut, is available on audiobook, ebook, and paperback. Go to Amazon.com or visit OnTheWetCoast.com for links to other marketplaces. Help others find our podcast by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast platforms. Just a few sentences make a huge difference in our visibility. You can help us have more adventures to tell you about by contributing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash on the wet coast. And huge thanks to our Patreon supporters who make the show possible. You can follow us on Twitter at wet coast cat at serious flick at on the wet coast and email comments or questions to contact at on the wet Go to on the wet for cats blog, toy reviews, and more. And check out the other great sex positive podcasts on the swing set network at swingset.fm. 
Hi, this is Emily, co-host of the Multiamory Podcast. We offer new ideas and advice for multiple forms of love, everything from conscious monogamy to ethical polyamory and radical relationship anarchy. And you're listening to a Swingset Network podcast. Find us and much more at swingset.fm.